Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? This is the Wake the Fuck Up with Jeff show. Hope everyone's doing fantastic on this wonderful Wednesday morning. I always have to think about that, what day of the week it is, because my, my, my weeks are seven-day work weeks. Um, hope everyone's doing fantastic. Um, this is a brand new podcast. We're, oh, geez, I don't know what this is, number 21? Podcast number 21, I think. Um, it's also sponsored by Green to Graduate. We're going to run a quick um, uh, and ad for Green to Graduate. Good. Sit. And I'm going to lure. Good. Down. Good. Tucker here. Good job. Down. Turn around and come back towards us. Tucker here. That's my boy. Here. There we go. That's my boy. It's a great, uh, great program you can get right on our academy. I'll put the uh, post up, uh, the link up right now. It's academy. That's solid canine training. Um, dot com. That's where you can see all of our all of our courses are on there. Um, and the, the great thing about that course is it's 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 do it yourself. It's under two hundred dollars. Um, if you're a Patreon member, you actually get 20% off. I would encourage everybody to join Patreon. You get 20% off your courses, 20% off all of your consults, all for $10 a month. Plus, you get four uh, Zoom uh, uh, Q&As, which are much more intimate because it's two-way video, two-way voice. If you're not familiar with Zoom, you get one of those a week. So, But just for the 20% off, it's it's well worth it. You can save hundreds of dollars um, a year um, uh, for $10 a month. So it's a really, really good deal. And you can just cancel if you don't. You don't want to do it and you, after one month. Um, anyway, so the the Wake the Fuck Up with Jeff show, it's a usually a single topic uh, podcast where I pick, you know, sometimes one thing, sometimes a couple of things. I go on some rants and um, other than our Q&A show, which we're actually doing this Wednesday and Friday. So today's Wednesday. We'll do that tonight at uh, starting at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and then Wednesday. I'm sorry, Friday at East, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as well. If you listen to the last podcast I did on Friday, it was pretty much like, what the fuck is going on with the dog training world? We are in a crisis mode. More dogs are being killed. Dogs are coming in more fearful, anxious, nervous, aggressive. Owners are coming in more unknowledgeable. And the shelter system is being filled up. And shelters are not my gig at all. But the point being is like all these dogs are being rehomed, killed, Families are struggling. Um, uh, dogs are struggling, and, and, and it is mostly nature. Um, um, I'm sorry, it is mostly nurture. Did I just say nature? It's mostly nurture, not nature. Um, sure, we're having some genetic issues with dogs lately, but um, in the last three, four, five, maybe even ten years, um, we have been, been bombarded with uh, uh, reward only. Do not say no. Do not correct your dog. Make everything perfect for your dog. Dog can do no wrong. Dogs are always right. It's um, and it's like it's turned literally into um, a really fucked up situation. It's pretty horrific. The bar is set so low. You know, um, I'm down in Florida right now, and you know, I bike with the dogs twice a day. I take them on, a, you know, walks. We're, we're all over the place. I mean, we've got a board and train dog here. So we we're at Home Depot yesterday twice. We were in downtown Sarasota. We passed tons of dogs. I never see a trained dog. I never see a trained dog. I, 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 I do not see one dog that can walk on a leash. Home Depot, we saw three dogs yesterday. All of them were trying to get to our dog. 
to goose. Not, not, not aggressive, but pulling. People can't even control the dogs on a leash. Now, the, the issue is that everyone says they have good dogs, and I'm not saying that they're bad dogs, but I'm saying a dog meeting your emotional needs, a dog meeting your emotional needs, that's, if that's why you got a dog, get a stuffed dog. Or get a tiny little dog that you don't bring anywhere if you don't want to, or they can just pick up. But do not get yourself a 35 to 180-pound dog, please. Because with that comes responsibility. A lot of responsibility. So I went on a pretty hard rant on Friday. And at the end of the show, I usually answer questions. I go on my little rant at the beginning and then um, do some Q&A. It's applicable towards the topic at hand. If it's something else, I bump usually people up to the um, Q&A show on Wednesdays and Fridays. I've been doing this for 20 years, 10,000 dogs. I just say that because I've worked with a lot of dogs. I've traveled the world, almost 300 seminars. So what do we do? Well, the good thing is that all the information is out there for free. Number one, you've got to find it, which is easy enough because you know what you're doing now is not working. You've got to find that information and then you have to apply that information and then you have to be consistent and you have to have everybody in the same house be consistent. Right there, boom. That was a talking point right there. Pay attention. We use a reward-based system. So what do you do? Number one, you have lots of structure. From the second you get that dog, from the second you either, well, you're always buying a dog. You're buying a dog from a breeder, a backyard breeder, a pet store, or the shelter, or the rescue. You are buying a dog. So as soon as you buy the dog, you start your structure. From the second you grab the leash, from the second you pick up the dog, structure starts. And you have everything structured. And it's not too late to do it now. If you have a five-year-old dog, six-year-old dog, anybody that says that they can't be changed, they're full of shit, they don't know what they're saying, they're lying. So you can start today. Structure. New sheriff in town. Dog off the bed, dog in a crate at night. Leash drag around the house because I need to be able to control you. And then I start with the basics. All the basics are laid out in the Green to Graduate program. That's why I talk about the Green to Graduate program so much. You can fully off-leash train your dog in the Green to Graduate program. So for, for if you got the Green to Graduate program and then asked questions on my podcast on how to stop unwanted behaviors or watch any of the 5,000 videos that we have, 50,000 posts on social media on how to stop things, you'd know how to then stop unwanted behaviors. So from a proactive standpoint, which is all reward-based, you train your dog on all its basic commands. You work on that for a week, maybe two. We do it for three or four days, but that's not a big deal for you, one to two weeks on all your basic. Use the dog's daily food. And then you go to the proofing stage, and then you go to the, the, the punitive stage for noncompliance. So learning Proofing, punitive. That's the recipe for a for an obedient dog. Now, 
stopping unwanted behaviors, you can work on those from day one. You're barking at the window. I'll stop that right now. How do I do that? Bonker, remote collar. Jumping on people. How do I do that? Very firm leash pop. There's free videos on YouTube on that. There's free videos on ev almost almost everything. How to rehab aggression. There's too many variables. That's usually a one-on-one. -on -one. But believe it or not, a lot of this is 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 encompasses it. No obedience doesn't stop aggression, but obedience makes you believable. The right obedience. I'm not talking obedience that like is a once a week in a training class or group class. I'm talking about the real world. I'm talking about like in Home Depot. When I say down, you lie down. So you obedience train your dog to a higher level. What's a higher level? This dog, Goose, that we've got um, in, in Florida right now, this, I've been putting him up a lot on our social media. He was, he is a nervous, fearful, anxious, skittish, flighty dog. Owners can have people over. He wouldn't stop barking. They couldn't really take him anywhere. They have a baby in the house. Excuse me with another one on the way. Showed some of the baby proofing protocols in Instagram stories. Instagram stories is a great way to find out what we do with the dogs, both up in Rhode Island and, and down here in Florida. So we went out to dinner and he did a hour and a half downstay in a outdoor cafe with live music. Nervous, fearful, skittish, flighty dog. Did a one hour downstay. Hour and a half downstay in an outdoor cafe. Didn't get up once. He's on week three of his boarding train. I say this because you can do it. We're not magicians. We just followed the Green to Graduate program. That's all we're doing. There's a little bit of troubleshooting, but it's pretty much following the Green to Graduate program. Stopping unwanted behaviors, he jumps up on everybody that comes in the door. He jumped on us once. That's it. One time. He's been doing it for, I mean, he's two. So I imagine he's been doing it for at least a year and a half. He stopped in, I don't know, two seconds. Hasn't done it since. He's awfully trained. He's awfully trained. So we follow the Green to Graduate program. We stop unwanted behaviors. We, we take our heart out of it for a little bit. Um, I'm sorry, we take our uh, heart out of it for a little bit. And we have been up since one, I'm sorry. So a lot of rambling. A um, couple of misspeaks. And we, we use our head. Learned how to swim this week. Went biking this week. Doing great with his with his exterior be behavior grayed up out in public access. So it takes some work to do, but it doesn't take a ton of work to do. Yesterday, he probably got no more than an hour of drills. No more than an hour of drills. That's it. That's three 20-minute sessions. That's it. And one of those was, was with Angelo, my 10-year-old son. He ran him through his commands. 
And then I had a bunch of office work to do, about four hours worth. Guess what he did? He laid down in place on the opposite side of a couch where he was actually out of sight. This is a dog that actually can't settle. He just laid down. And it's 90 degrees down here in Florida, so he's not like getting a ton of exercise. So he wasn't tired. We just trained him how to settle. That's it. Oh, hey, good morning, Ange. Podcast. Breakfast. You do yourself. Thanks. And then go through your morning routine, please. That's a human I was talking to. Go through your morning routine. Have structure so he knows exactly what to do. Right? Wakes up in the morning, brushes his teeth, washes his face, combs his hair, comes out, comes out into the kitchen. If I'm doing a podcast, he'll make his own breakfast. He'll finish up his breakfast. He'll swim the dogs. He'll come back in and he'll start his homework. And then when the podcast is over, we'll go on a bike ride with the dogs. He'll come back here. He'll do, keep doing his homework. Structure. It's incredible. And then he's got a list of chores to do. And then we'll do, of course you do. You do. Are you surprised? All right. So this is what we do. We train obedience. We stop unwanted behaviors. We stop the pushiness. We stop the snottiness. We work our dogs past fear by actually pushing them through their fear. We don't feel bad for them for being afraid. We take the leadership and we push them through. That's a huge issue. We're seeing a lot of fearful, anxious dogs right now. That is because, number one, owners are not pushing their dogs through their fear. They're feeling bad for them. Now, I don't enjoy seeing a fearful dog, but what has to happen is you need to push your dog through fear. I just put, I just put up a, uh, a video this morning of goose swimming in the pool for the first time. The first five to 10 minutes of it was ugly. It was ugly. He was scared. He was nervous. Getting him in the pool, he put on the brakes. What did I do? I dragged him in. Got him to the first step. After the first step, he, I used leash pressure, pulled him in the pool, flailing all over the place, didn't know what to do, wanted to get out. I kept pushing, I kept pushing, I kept movement, going around the pool, going around the pool, going around the pool, boom, go to the step, did it again. After three times, he was swimming. So what did I do? Took off the leash. And that's what you see right there. You see him actually jump, like not, not like flying leap jump, but come off the bottom step, top step, and go swimming. So it's not like I'm doing a podcast or anything, Angelo. All right. But most people, what they would have done is they would have stopped. They would have stopped at the dog putting on the brakes when 
the dog did not want to, want to go in the pool. They stop when their dog doesn't want to go over the grates, the metal grates outside in the street. They stop when a dog does not want to go between two cars that are parked. They stopped. They stop when a dog is freaked out by a sound. They don't correct when the dog. They don't correct their dog when it barks. They don't correct their dog when it freaks out at a at a at a car or a truck or a bicycle or another dog. They don't stop their dog at the front window from barking. They don't stop the dog from growling at the food bowl. So these are all these things that when I say they don't stop, all those things should be stopped and they're all easy to stop. So all those things can be stopped very easily and we have free videos on all of them. And on our Q&A, we address them all as well. And then also we do one-on-ones for a lot of people. All of it's cheaper than hiring a dog trainer. You actually do not need to hire a dog trainer in most situations. In most situations, you can do it yourself. Just think about that. You can teach your dog to have public access quality training, meaning the same public access that a service dog would, and you can do that yourself. It takes the information which we supply, and it takes the effort which you supply. But also, this you have to got to start understanding that most of the messaging you're getting out there is working against you. It's based on the egos of the dog trainer, not the success on the owner. Just keep that in mind. Okay? Keep that in mind. I think it's so, so, so important to get the dog over all their fears. And the way, the best way to do that is to literally pull, push, make them get over their fears. But most people, what they're doing is they're bending and caving to their dog's fear, their dog's insecurity. And then what happens is the dog will never get better. It'll never get better. Talk to a groomer how fearful the dogs are coming in these days. Talk to a shelter about how aggressive dogs are coming in these days. You also have a bunch of, on the flip side, you've got a lot of shelter workers who can't assess dogs properly. You've got a lot of dog trainers who can't assess a dog properly. You've got a lot of dog trainers who don't know how to stop unwanted behaviors. The majority of dog trainers out there do not know how to effectively stop an unwanted behavior. Probably I would say 90% of the dog trainers out there do not know how to stop an unwanted behavior effectively. I'll repeat that again. 90% of the dog trainers out there do not know how to stop an unwanted behavior. Why do I say that? Where did that number come from? Because probably most likely 90% of the dog trainers out there don't believe in corrections. And the ones that do believe in corrections are not being very effective because everybody wants to be the nice correction person. 
They want to be the nice shock cower person, e-cower person, remote cower person. So social media is full of lies and social media is full of bullies and that's keeping owners from being successful instead of listening to the truth. So a lot of our stuff turns a lot of people off, but it's the answer. Now, is it the only answer? No, but it is an answer. So we get a lot of people that have, that say, oh, I've tried everything. And, I, and the big thing is, no, you've tried everything you're comfortable with. You haven't tried everything. Because if we had a one-on-one, I can give you a whole list of things you haven't tried. And when we're talking about the happiness of your dog, meaning it's still in your home, the quality of life for you, the human, which is more important to me, the dog will be fine. But why aren't we, why aren't we correcting our dogs? Why aren't we obedience training our dogs? So in a matter of two to three weeks, dog, a goose who's living not in his house, but he's living in my house right now, he already knows the routine. He literally knows what doors to go out of, what doors to come back in. He knows when he gets out of the truck, he walks right to the front door, sits down and waits to go in the house. It's not my dog. He's only lived here for a couple of weeks. Why? Because that's what we do every day. And it's unspoken. I don't tell him to do these things. But it's a routine. It's a routine. He can be around Angelo. Doesn't jump on people. It's not rocket science. It's easy to do. It's easy to do. So we have to stop being such wimps with our dogs and actually lead, guide, teach them. And it sometimes make them. But the narrative out there is that making a dog do something or correcting a dog for doing something wrong is abusive, is wrong, is bad. It's going to ruin the relationship. So number one, you've got to stop believing that narrative because it's false. So there's a lot of false narratives out there. Stop believing them. Because all they're going to do is leave you with a still untrained dog and you, the owner, in pain. If you're raising a puppy, you're raising an adult dog. Everything you do now is what you're going to be getting later. Everything you let your dog get away with now, your dog will probably do tenfold later. So what can we do? That's what we do. That's the answer right there. Train your dog on real obedience, real obedience, meaning your dog listens to you either by default because it knows the routine or it's under voice control. Your dog knows how to hold commands for hours if needed. Your dog walks properly on the leash. You don't even have to train your dog to be off leash if you don't want to. Educate yourself on how to stop dogs from doing all the basic, most common unwanted behaviors. Jumping on people, barking out windows, 
barking in the crate, whining in the crate, barking at TVs, resource guarding. Educate yourself on all those things. And we have free videos on all those things. And then right off the bat, in a matter of a month, maybe two months, depends how much time you have, but you can do all that stuff in a month. In one month, you can accomplish all that. But you just have to get everybody on board in the house and you have to do the work. So when it comes to the obedience, you've got to do, you have to have a game plan, a structured game plan, and you've got to have hundreds of reps, be prepared for hundreds of reps. And then you also have to get your dog through the punitive stage for non-compliance. That's the big missing link. And then be prepared to give your dog some firm corrections for also the unwanted behavior. Stop the redirection game. It doesn't work. This whole bullshit redirecting things. Oh, if your dog's doing an unwanted behavior, redirect them. If your dog's doing barking at the front window, redirect them. Throw food on the ground. Call them over to you. Cover up your windows. Pull your dog away from the window. Nowhere does it. So, so what? What? My dog. Uh, is 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 shutting my dog up an option? Is that even an option? Can I just? Correct my dog for barking so it'll shut. Oh, no, 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 you can't do that. No, no. That'll ruin your dog. That's what, that's what people are told. My dog is, my dog is lunging on the leash. It's, its front legs are up. Its back legs are on the ground. I'm holding it back. It's leash reactive. What do I do? Oh, redirect it. Try to get it to look at you. You know, teach it, look at me. Try to, try to redirect it with food. Or the latest one is play tug with it. Can you fucking imagine that? Your dog is acting bad and now you're playing a game with it? It's a great way to increase the behavior. It's a great way to increase the behavior. That's how protection dogs are trained, by the way. That is how protection dogs are trained. When the dog is at the end of the leash and it is barking enough, lunging enough, barking and lunging enough, guess what it gets? Guess what it gets? It's a ball at the end of a little rope or a tug toy. Why? Because they want the dog to increase that behavior. And what are pet family pet dogs owners being trained to do? When the, oh, when the dog is barking and lunging, hold up a tug so it bites the tug. Can you fucking believe that bullshit advice? You are training your dog to supposedly stop being leash reactive the same way that a protection dog is trained to be reactive. You're doing the exact same training. That's literally how they, the first stages of the bark, the watch command, or eventually the bark and hold, you're doing the exact same thing. Now, does that make sense? Is that what you want? Or do you want your dog to shut up on the leash and walk next to you? Which one? Which one do you want? Okay. Get some, uh, get some questions in. Again, I list the, uh, the Academy for the Green to Graduate. I would highly encourage everybody to do it. Also, we're about to launch our affiliate program for anybody out there that wants to actually sell 
the Green to Graduate program, if you've got a good social media audience, it doesn't, you don't have to have, you know, 100,000 followers, but you've got good reach. A lot of breeders have shown interest in this. A lot of dog trainers have shown interest in this. And just basic people who love our course have shown interest in this. You can make $80 for every course we sell. Think about that. $80 for every course that's sold. You don't do anything. Just make a post. Just talk about it maybe once. Once a week, talk about it. Show your dog. Show your dog off. Talk about it. Oh, yeah. Green graduate. 80 bucks for everyone you sell. Woo. Sell two of those a week. Can buy a thing of strawberries. Get a couple of gallons of gas. To the academy.solidcaninetraining.com. Academy.solidcaninetraining.com. I'm actually trying not to go grocery shopping this week. I'm pulling out everything out of all the cabinets. Pulling everything out of the freezer. I'm like looking at dates on stuff, and I'm like, eh, this probably tastes fine. Doing my best. Trying not to, but we got to go to Costco anyway because I think Angela and I are going to head down to the Fort Myers area. Yeah, again, Eng on Sunday. There's another, uh, there's a great um, uh, drop off center on, uh, in the big lots. The Cajun Navy has got a great drop off center, but I read a great article about, uh, well, an article about a horrific situation in North Fort, My- Fort Myers where a whole, this whole neighborhood, low-income neighborhood was wiped out. Not that that's what I care about donating. Like, you know, we don't check people's tax returns um, to donate. That's bullshit. Everybody got wiped out there. But there's one neighborhood that just the latest neighborhood because we're looking for multiple places to donate. And um, so I think I'm going to head down there I think I'm going to actually buy a barbecue grill. Not a barbecue, but a gas grill. A couple canisters, and then tons of food. Water. So, this will be the second time we've gone down there. But I think we're going to go Sunday, so the traffic won't be so bad, hopefully. It was a five-hour round trip last time. So, Deb says, good morning. Uh, thinking of Joelle this morning. I lost my mom in my 30s, and it's very hard. Yeah, Joelle is going to be MIA for a couple weeks. Um, Saturday... Saturday, um, her mother passed. Um, she was only 20, 28 years old, and, and her mother um, and her father's been, or his father's been gone for a few years. And her mother passed, and she was young; she was in her sixties, and um, she passed. Um, so it's been really hard on her. There's nine kids, so she's going to be up in New England and spending time with family right now. So. Uh, Bonnie says, good morning. Found you a couple days ago. Trying to work with my 16-month rescue, standard poodle with much fear and anxiety. So first thing you want to do is call it a dog, not a rescue. Believe it or not, it's a mental thing. You have a, you own a 16-month-old dog. Not a rescue. 16-month-old dog. That is step one. I'm very specific about that, actually. Very specific about that. I would say that most people own rescue dogs. I've only, I've owned maybe 20 dogs in my short life. And I didn't start, I didn't get my, I did, I did not get my first dog till 20 years ago. But I've had dogs come and go. I've had dogs die. So. But I never called any of them a rescue. I've only gotten two from breeders. So that leaves 18 
not from breeders. Never calls them a rescue. It's a mental game. I treated them all the same. You're all being trained up. So what you can start doing for fear and anxiety, that's a that's a one-on-one counsel. But what you can start doing is, believe it or not, is obedience train the dog. Hold that dog accountable. Oh, it knows. It's obedient. It's trained. That's what everybody always says to me. It's trained. It is? Can it do an hour and a half downstate in an outdoor cafe? No. It's not trained then. Can it walk politely on a leash, bike on a leash, past a bunch of barking, lunging dogs in a yard? Oh, my God, no. Okay, well, it's not trained. So start training your dog. Green to graduate is good. Believe it or not, holding your dog accountable to a higher standard and obedience will help its fear and anxiety because it'll increase its confidence. And then also working the dog through fear and anxiety and stressors and then working the dog above threshold. So first what you do is you train the dog on all the basics and then you start um, having distractions and environmentals and work the dog through those environmentals. That's how you stop all that stuff. We're doing it now with Goose. We're documenting all of it. Um, Bonnie says, consistency, yes, I struggle with that. Well, so you have, so Bonnie, do I just have a lack of discipline, discipline problem? Do you brush your teeth every day? Put your clothes on every day? Do you eat, do you eat breakfast, lunch, dinner every day? Right? So you don't have a, you don't have a consistency problem. You have a discipline problem. Right? So you can do it, but it doesn't take as long as you think. It's a lifestyle. Make it a lifestyle. Just make it a lifestyle. Make it all part of it. Make it all part of it. Um, Terry G says, welcome, Bonnie. You won't be disappointed, Jeff and Sully Connection. You're great. Thank you for the compliment, Terry. But we don't know. Bonnie might already be turned off. So I'm not for everybody. That's for sure. Um, the real deal have a dog who digs out of sight when not looking I'm unable to catch in the act any ideas yeah I just did a post this morning actually about setting dogs up for failure remote collar on the dog shock collar on the dog e-collar on the dog it's all the same thing call it anything you want let the dog outside where it normally digs be inside have the collar on 100 wait for it to start digging look out the window when it starts digging High-level correction, max out the collar, 10 seconds. Is it pretty? Nope. It's not pretty to watch. Not at all. Either, either is rattlesnake training. That's not pretty either. Rattlesnake aversion training. People out west know what that is. That's not pretty. But who wants their yard dug up? Not me. Bonnie said, should I purchase the Green to Graduate? Thanks to a G I'm meeting. Um, yeah, the Green to Graduate is is literally will take you step. There's like 20 plus videos. I want to say 25, but plus, but I, there's at least 20, might be over 25. Um, it takes you step by step by step on how to leash train your dog all the way to correction level and then how to layer the remote collar training on it. And we've got a four-step system on that. How to, re, how to do that up to correction level. And now you'll have an awfully trained dog. 
And then you can ask questions about it on our Wednesday and Friday podcast, as well as on our um, Zoom if you're a Patreon member. Allison says, good morning. Um, good morning, Allison. How are you? Kyle, good morning, Jeff. My dog constantly barks at passerbyers by at the window. I bought the mini educator, but it didn't even seem to face me on, on 100. So number one, do you have the right size contacts? Some dogs need the thick fur contact points. Thick fur contact points. Not the, just the long ones, but the thick fur ones. So they make a difference. Um, and grab me the orange e-collar that's sitting over there. Right by the bananas. Right? So, so also you have to make sure it's on snug, real snug. So snug that you can't move the box around. All right. Can you hand me the orange remote collar? Oh, collar is Right. The receiver. Here. Thanks. Those are thick fur. Little nipple right there. So you want to get those. That's an aftermarket product. You can get it from eCower Technologies. And you want to make sure it's on snug. And you want to make sure the contacts are making contact with the actual skin. Most people don't put it on snug enough. And most people don't make sure there's contact on it. Make sure the receiver is on. Believe it or not, people do make that mistake. And then um, some dogs, though, the mini educator just goes from low to medium. It might not be enough for your dog. You might need the boss. The boss goes up higher. We have dogs that blow through double bosses. They don't care. Once the dog is in full in full drive and it's just out of control, it might not stop. So try to get it when it's just starting. You can also use the bonker. Say no. Just mark the bad behavior. Walk up to your dog. Boom. Firm bonk. Don't throw it. You don't have to throw it. It's the first time. You walk right up to your dog and do it. Uh, Nicole says, I love how you guide people when their dog pets to a new journey of success. Thank you. Mostly people. I mean, we work with dogs, obviously, but but it's the people. It's the people, obviously, that need to work. That's why there's a lot of dog trainers out there that might be good at their craft of, of training dogs, but you need to train the people. This is a people business that we're in. They're not our dogs. Pack says, good morning, and thanks again for doing this podcast. Should be pushing uh, my dog through the gunshots fear or campfire fear. Absolutely. Thank you for everything. Yeah. Yep. Gunshots. Yep. Yeah, I mean, you can do ear protection probably too. But, but you know, and you can also probably start looking up um, sport dog training, hunting dog training for that. Because those dogs are always around gunshots. But they start in the womb. So there's a, there's a uh, lab, uh, a breeder that does hunt and field trial labs out in Texas that I know. And they've got uh, on a continuous loop gunshots going off. Um, but definitely want to push the dog through it. Campfire fear, just walk the dog up to the campfire, put it in a down, put it in place. Ironically, I'm building an outdoor fire pit. Started yesterday and finished it today. Um, 
Kristen says, thank you much, Joel. Thank you so much. Um, Michael says, redirect your dog with a prong collar. No, you wouldn't redirect it with a prong collar. Prong collars are for um, correcting your dog. People redirect with um, food or a chew toy or the look at me command. Kim says, LOL, I was taught all those redirect crap by three trainers. That's why I'm here. It doesn't work with a reactive dog. No, I mean, I mean, you know, this is the thing, Kim. I'm sure it has worked, but I'm not seeing dogs that it's working on. I mean, everything from the dog goes nuts on it. And if you just think about it from a rational reward-based training protocol, because we do reward-based training. Like, people have to remember, I talk about, you know, applying a punisher to a dog all the time. People think that's all I do. But that's because everybody asks me how to stop things. But all of our obedience is reward-based. Duh. I mean, right? So if you just think about this rationally. If you want to increase a dog's behavior, you would introduce a reward-based system to your dog, which will then teach the dog to do it, increase the chances of the dog doing it. So if a dog is barking and say it's barking, 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 say you took, took a bunch of kibble and then threw it on the ground. Dog goes to eat the kibble. Just think about this. Bark, 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 kibble shows up. Bark, 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 kibble shows up. Bark, 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 kibble shows up. Do you think the dog will stop barking or bark more? No, it'll stop barking while it's eating kibble. But if I kept getting paid for barking, I would keep barking. Um, the tug uh, just never made any sense to me. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, a lot of dog trainers are doing that whole tug thing. Why? Because there's, there's, I mean, dog owners, because there's trainers out there that are, that are showing it. Well, you know, I don't mention names. I don't mention companies. I'm, that's, I've never done that in 20 years. Even though I get bashed all the time. I'm, but I'm just saying, though, it's, it's just stupid. That doesn't mean the person is stupid. That just the concept is stupid. Like, why the fuck? Why? Why the fuck? When my dog is highly aroused and reactive, why? But by the way, tug is great. I love tug. Teaching your dog tug is great. I'm not saying you shouldn't play tug with your dog, but there's a time and a place. And when my dog is reactive, I'm going to play a game with it. They're doing everything they can to not actually correct the dog. They're doing everything they can and so they don't have to correct the dog. But why would I want to play tug? Dogs love tug historically. So here we go again. My dog's reactive and I play tug. Dog's reactive, I play tug. I'm going to increase the behavior. Why don't you just, you can use the freaking tug toy as a bonker if you wanted to. Michael, I was in the same boat as Kim and created a monster. It took some work to fix my mistake. Yeah. We see that all the time. All the time. But, but Michael, just remember that you'll be okay. Follow the protocols. Follow the protocols. Lisa says, yes, spot on. Um, Christopher says, um, Brittany, um, then you're missing a huge boat of opportunity. 
I don't know what that is about. Oh. So, Christopher, you think that playing tug to stop leash reactivity is a good idea. Okay. I think it's a bad idea. So, on your podcast, you can say it's a good idea. But how about just stopping the dog from... How about teaching the dog to walk properly on a leash? And like I said, I'm not against tug. But having your dog play play tug when it's in drive and you're trying to stop your dog from high level reactivity. So I've got to keep a tug on me at, at all times. And my dog is never going to learn the concept of no. And I can't take a quiet walk through the neighborhood or how do I go to a farmer's market? How do I go to a farmer's market where there's a lot of dogs, a lot of people and it's close, close quarters. I've got to bring my tug with me unless I'm missing something. Your dog can actually just learn how to walk properly on the leash and playing tug with the dog actually increases its drive. We're talking about family pet dogs here. Why would I want my family pet dog to increase its drive on a walk? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't I want to teach my dog how to actually be calm on the walk? Pax has never called my dog rescue, but I'm just curious why you're specific about not calling them them or rescue. Thank you. Um, that's a really good question because I think it's a psychological. Well, if you have, say you adopt a child and you have a, um, a child that you birthed, do you identify them two different ways? Do you say this is my adopted child and this is my child that I gave birth to? Or do you just call them your child? Because I think what happens is if you've got a, a dog that you struggle with, um, well, first of all, you didn't rescue the dog, you bought the dog. So that, that's, that's one thing that I've got a, a little um, thing for. Unless you literally, like you saw a dog wandering on the highway and you jumped out of your car and scooped it up. But even then, you shouldn't call it a rescue dog, but that is rescuing a dog. If you actually jumped into a river where there was a dog floating down, you rescued the dog. If you went into a burning building and grabbed the dog, you rescued the dog. But if you went to a shelter, which is a technical pet store, you bought the dog. If you, you bought the dog. So the reason why I don't like the word rescue, the way that when people describe their dog, is because they have a preconceived notion that the dog had a horrific life prior to it prior to it here's a great here's you know there's a great example a lot of people um when people die they've got dogs and those dogs have to be sometimes brought to shelters so everybody assumes the dog had a, a terrible life everybody a lot of people assume that dogs from shelters had a bad life that's a big assumption that a lot of people make well we don't know what my dog's past life is well how about all the dogs that people got at eight weeks old that are really messed up? Now what's the excuse? Now what's the excuse? 
I just don't like the rescue part because then it keeps people, if you assume the dog might have had a bad life, which is what a lot of people do, and then your dog has a lot of unwanted behaviors, and then you have got to stop your dog from doing those behaviors by applying a punisher, it keeps people from doing that because they feel bad for the dog. That's my biggest thing. That's my biggest thing. Jan says, leave, uh, leave early going south on, 90, on 75. Backup was at Fruitville Saturday by 8 to 10. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people heading south on 75. People going back home, contractors, everything. Um, he's a pit, so not for, oh, yeah, you don't, need, you don't need those contacts on a pit that I showed you. You don't need those. But check fit. Make sure the box is on, not, not around. Also, which, which brand of collar is it? Which brand of collar is it? Because there's a lot of crummy collars out there. And then how high are you going? Good morning, Jeff. Thanks for all you do. Oh, you're welcome. Brittany says it can be a reward for the completion of the behavior. Yes, like shaping a heel sit. Okay, that's different though. Proper tug play allows the dog to express itself in ways it most likely never gets a chance to. It allows the dog to catch and kill the rabbit, so to speak. It's important engagement, impulse control, and self-control. Proper play is huge for behavioral issues. So Christopher, we're talking about two different, two separate things. So we're talking about two separate things. Also, that's more of the competition philosophy. That's more of the sport philosophy than the pet dog philosophy. So, But we still are talking about two different things. We're talking about a dog that's actually out of control, not in control. We're talking about a dog that is out of control and people are giving the dog the tug. So we're talking about two different things. So you'll see a lot of people in, there's a lot of videos out there and this is popular in the competition world and the sport world where at the end of a sequence, at the end of a sequence, they get a reward. Two big, big differences here. It really, really is. That's how you shape a lot of the competition heels. Big difference. We're not, we don't, we don't, we don't shape competition heels. We have dogs actually walk behind us. Very, very big differences. So, Christopher, we've got two different philosophies. We're talking about two different, totally different things. Pet dogs and more on the sport competition dog. But the last thing I want my dog to do is think it's going to be getting a tug, I mean a tug toy, after a walk. I want my dog to just, like, ignore everything. I want my dog to ignore everything. So, two different philosophies and actually very, very important. No windows to catch the dog digging. Been trying for days. So frustrating. So go outside the house and look around the corner. Look around the corner of the house. Set up a video camera. Set up a video camera. I never said use the tug during reactivity. It can be used to reinforce the alternative behavior. Okay. So again, we're not trying to teach an alternative behavior. We're trying to stop it away unwanted behavior. That's where we apply a punisher. Again, Christopher, two different philosophies. We have two different philosophies. We're not trying to teach the alternative behavior. We're we have to, step one is stopping the unwanted behavior. Step two is teaching the wanted behavior. But there's step one. But also, I never said use the tug during reactivity, but that's what we were talking about. We were talking about the dog being reactive. We literally said a lot of people, are, when their dog is being reactive, they're redirecting with a tug. That is exactly what we were talking about. So now we're talking about way two different things. So you have to put, just like 
I think playing tug is a great activity for dogs. I'm a huge fan of tug, but not to stop leash reactivity, not to stop it. But also if you're going on a five mile walk, three mile walk with your dog, I don't want my dog to be anticipating the tug. That's really great for more on the competition sport world. But we differ. We differ. I'm sure what you do is great, but we differ. Allison says the same thing I just said. Sherry says, um, 100% agree, drives me crazy, and I own that dog. Um, they use that as an excuse. Um, get an outside camera. Christopher says, pet. So we just differ an opinion. So what, what, Christopher, what you should be doing is you should be making videos, okay? If you're so passionate about this, which it sounds like you are, which is great. Just make videos. Put them up on how to teach how to stop leash reactivity. Do a podcast on how to stop all behaviors. This is what I tell people to do. There's so many people out there that don't like what I do. My thing is, well, then just do it yourself. Do it better. Do your own podcast. Make your own how-to videos. That's what I always tell people to do. So I do seminars. People think that I shouldn't be doing seminars. That's fine. You do a seminar. There's so many people out there that are struggling. There's enough dog trainers out there. Actually, there's a shortage of dog trainers out there for everybody. But what I would tell people to do is, instead of going on to somebody's podcast saying that they're wrong, do your own podcast. Instead of going on to somebody's social media pages to say that they're wrong, put it on your own social media. Instead of commenting on YouTube on somebody's video that says this is wrong, make a video and put it on your YouTube channel. That's all. Because so many people need help. So many people need help. It's a marketing ta tactic. The tug game for reactive dogs is exactly what a pack of dogs would do. Dog lets to play tug instead of you attacking me. Um, I mean, the thing is this, leash reactivity is huge. It's a humongous issue. I mean, it's, it's literally, dogs are, dogs are not going out at all. They're not going out. They're not going for walks. They're not going for walks at all. It's important that people, and, and then they know that you're teaching the dog for the leash reactivity, passes on to a lot of stuff. Passes on to a lot of stuff. Um, Kate, how can I recondition a dog that is severely human reactive? Once a dog knows you, which can take months of exposure, the dog is great. Yeah, we don't want that. The dog doesn't need to know you. How can I share in the time of meeting someone? Um, you correct, you apply a correction. Clearly, there's more backstop, but any insight? Yeah, tons of insight. You might want to do a one-on-one. -on -one. But this is the thing. This concept that the dog needs to know you to not be reactive is also a common lie. So we went to the farmer's market Saturday or Sunday, I think. I think we went by 100 people. Right? The dog didn't know any of them. We were, we've been to Home Depot every day, sometimes twice a day. There's usually about 100 people we meet there. Dog doesn't know any of them. 
We have people that come in the house, whether it's a handyman or a babysitter or the pool person to clean the pool or the landscaper, this dog Goose, who we're training, doesn't know any of them. So what do you do? You correct your dog for acting badly. They don't need to warm up to people. They don't need to warm up to people. So that's another, that's another thing that, that people have the feeling that your dog should meet everybody. That your dog should meet everybody. Dog doesn't have to meet any, dog doesn't meet anybody. We walk around the neighborhood here twice a day. The dog meets not a ton of people. There's not a lot of people outside, but you know, maybe there's like 10 people on every walk. Dog doesn't meet them. Um, Kim says, my excitable, nervous, reactive dog becomes re-elevated with tugs, balls, and treats. I'm working towards calm, that excitement. Just I, um, there was a there's a video that was put up yesterday from the training center in Providence about just teaching impulse control. And I like drivey dogs. I mean, I'm down to one dog now. My my German Shepherd died a couple months ago, but I love. I have a Malinois now. I love drivey dogs. Love them, but I also want to teach calmness. Kyle says, thanks for all the podcast information. They've been life-changing. You're welcome. I'm not saying you're wrong, Jeff. This Christopher studies have, okay. We're, we're going to end the conversation there. Again, Christopher, like you keep doing you. I'm going to keep doing me. All respect. All respect. Okay? Just all respect. You keep doing you. I'm going to keep doing me. And it sounds like you know what you're talking about. So... I would do your own podcast. Seriously. I would absolutely do your own podcast. If you have that, because it sounds like you have a wealth of knowledge and I think you should share that wealth of knowledge, just not on my podcast. That's all. Do your own podcast. They're free. This, this podcast is free for me. Um, StreamYard, the, the podcast platform that I'm on, it's $60 a year, um, uh, which is the video, which is you're watching. They get put up onto a, a format called Libsyn. L-I-B-S-Y-N. And I believe that is under $20 a year. And that goes out to um, all the different podcast platforms. So for under $100 a year, you can do unlimited, well, almost unlimited. I mean, you run out of storage on Libsyn. We just did actually. We had to up, up it, you know, I think it was 10 bucks to up the amount of storage because we've got too much, too many podcasts out there. Um, so for under $100 a year, you literally can be doing, get into the podcast game. And you can do it right on your phone. You literally can do a podcast right on this. So you can do a podcast right on your cell phone and a tripod if you want to. Or just lean it up against something. So that's so that's what I would do. So if you got if you have a wealth of knowledge, start doing a podcast. Even if even if only a couple people listen, start doing it. So I've been doing podcasts for 13 or 14 years, I think. So that's what that's what I that's, that's what I always suggest to people that have a wealth of knowledge. Hi Jeff, thanks for the advice. We tried everything to stop our bully from mouthing my wife's feet. One quick bonk to the trick and no mouthing for over a month now. Old school works for a reason. Yeah, old school. Um, I was trained on old school yank and crank, and um, I'm glad I was because boy, does it come in handy. But it comes in handy. I don't even like to call it old school, but it's like. 
That's all we did was yank and crank. But it comes in very, very handy, especially when you work with aggressive dogs or you work with dogs that are like, well, biting dogs. Yep. It's the same thing. People do with the same thing with biting. They do redirection. Oh, don't bite my feet. Bite this bone. Or how about stopping the dog from biting feet? I'm not against bones, but I'm saying, how about stopping the dog from biting your feet? I'm, I'm against actually cooked bones. Pack said, very sorry to hear about Joel's mom. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's terrible. Um, solely to music and your morning bike rides. Does your dog stop to sniff pee? Oh, God, no. Absolutely not. And the morning walks, they don't. The bike rides or the morning walks? Absolutely not. Not allowed to. Now, everyone, now, well, I should put a disclaimer on there. Um, Wes and Tex are off leash. And Tex, um, every once in a while, will we're biking, and all of a sudden, he's not next to me. And I'm like, look back, and he's taking a dump. So, Joel's dog, Wes, who I'm, I, I, do, the, I do the morning bikes, though. And he'll be taking a dump because he, he's had this weird thing where he doesn't he doesn't dump in his own yard. This is a weird thing. So I've always got to have poop bags in my back pocket. Yeah. So then I circle back around, pick up the poop, and we continue the bike ride. But no, there's no there's no sniffing, there's no marking, there's no there's no peeing. Obviously, you know, West poops, but no. We get we do it once we go outside, as soon as we go outside, there's like three minutes of pee time. So now you can't do that on a bike ride because it's it's can be dangerous. No, they got to stay. They have to stay in a heel right next to the bike. Um, Christopher says, "Cool, Jeff. Thanks for your podcast game info. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, if you want help, I'll I'll I'll, I'll tell you how to do a podcast. But there's you can actually go onto um onto YouTube how to start a podcast. There's a couple of a uh, couple of people that literally specialize in you know podcasting. Just look it up. It's easy to do, and it's free." It's free. It's fun. Sherry, I agree with you regarding my dog doesn't need to meet every uh, one or dog. Yeah, my dogs don't meet any dog or person usually. What's your recommendation for people that think they need to meet my dog? Um, that's usually a, a Wednesday. And a, uh, oh, shit, it's already 9 o'clock. I'm actually going to have to get going. Uh, tune in tonight for that. Tune in tonight. That's usually a Wednesday night question anyway. Um, okay. So it's nine o'clock. I've got to jump on. Um, Angelo, get your computer set up, please, buddy. Ange. Yeah. Oh, he's got his headphones on. Can you get your computer set up, sweetheart? You have school. Okay. I know. You have office hours. All right. All right, guys. Jeff Gellman of Solid Canine Training, madly in love with you. And um, I will see all of you tonight, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And actually, Angelo is going to be my co-host of the show. All right. Love you guys. Take care.